0: Hello again, I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to Job Search Guide on localjobnetwork.com radio. Now, this podcast is specifically designed to help give you some strategies, knowledge, and tools to land that next great job that is calling for you. Now, we're taking on somewhat of a philosophical approach to this episode as we tackle the perceived fake it until you make it or fake it to make it type culture that some do believe exists in the process of hiring and employment. And to give us her take today, we have Jessica Simcoe joining us. Jessica is the founder of Conscious Career Intelligence, as well as the author of Why Can't I Be Me? Understanding and Rising Above the Fake It-To-Make-It-Work Culture. You can actually find that right now on the Kindle, and it will be released uh, more broadly in April of 2014. Thanks for coming on the show today, Jessica.
1: Thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here.
0: Well, it is a, a fascinating idea, and I said it's a little philosophical, and we'll, of course, break it down as best we can here in the time we have. But first of all, if you could fill us in a little bit on your background to give listeners an idea of where you're coming from.
1: Okay. I spent probably about 14 years working in HR, starting as an assistant, working my way up to the director level, managing all aspects of HR and hiring, recruiting, employee relations, leadership development, and all that good stuff. And then I left, when I left um, corporate America, probably two and a half years ago, I went out on my own to be a career coach. And through that whole process of my 14 years in HR and then being on the other side, helping people. Find jobs is when I had this really enlightening experience as to why this whole process doesn't work.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what I find fascinating is that you were, you know, being in HR, of course, as you said, you were on the other side, you saw how things work from, you know, the employer's point of view and, and what people were trying to do there. For yourself, if you could, how would you define or describe the whole idea of the fake it to make it culture? What do you take from that?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's a culture where, employees, even job seekers, job seekers and employees are very aware, either consciously or unconsciously, that who they are isn't good enough. Hmm. They learn this through, well, they, they listen to career advice and all the things you should say and do, or you're at work and you're told, you know, how to think, or if you think this other way, it's not going to, you know, be favorable to you. So you start picking up on all these things that you need to say and do, and you start doing all those things because it's a, you feel it's the only way you can measure up. So you're constantly going through trying to be the employee that you think you're supposed to be in order to get ahead in your job search or in your career.
0: When you talk about that, I mean, you mentioned being a career coach, so I I would hope the irony isn't lost on you with that. How do you balance the idea of, oh, you're saying people are telling you what to do and that's a problem, and then you're, of course, trying to help people as well. Where's that balance for yourself?
1: Well, I'm trying to help people get hired, but I'm taking it from my own experience, Mm -hmm. and that's, I guess, my years of a career coach kind of brought that all to light for me. When I started being a career coach and I was doing mock job interviews, people were giving me very honest answers to questions. Okay. And I was constantly stopping them, saying, no, you can't <laughs> say that. that. That's not going to work. Here's why. And here's what you need to say instead. And I thought, oh, my God, this is crazy. <laughs> because I knew exactly what they had to say, and that their answer wasn't going to work. They're definitely correct answers.
0: Hmm. Okay. So
1: this whole thing was very disturbing to me that I was telling people that their answer wasn't good enough.
0: I like that perspective. And I, I think listeners will appreciate moving forward what we're talking about with you giving, you know, sort of that detail of what you were seeing, what you were experiencing for yourself. Now, I've seen the mention uh, from from you, I believe, in regards to this whole game, that it's dysfunctional, it's drama. I mean, what do you mean when you, when you, when you say that or when you hear that? I mean, how do you define why it's why there's drama or why these are games being played in your mind? It's
1: actually kind of funny, and, and you can get a lot of funny perspectives of, of that in the book. But as a job seeker, when you go into an interview, if you're prepared and you've you know done your homework, you kind of have an idea that you can't say certain things. Mm-hmm. For for example, like if your biggest weakness is that you procrastinate all the time, you can't say that. <laughs> so you you have to you're going in prepared as you know all the things that you know you're supposed to say but on the other side of the desk is these HR people or hiring managers and they're doing the same thing I, I've sat with so many different hiring managers who for whatever reason they don't like the job or they're miserable and they talk up the company and they say all these things about how the, how it works and all the policies and how great it is and that's not true either so it's like nothing being said is very is very real hmm. so the employee or the job seeker is saying all the things they know they're supposed to say and the Hiring managers are saying all the things they're supposed to say, and nothing really gets accomplished there.
0: Why would you think that employers, you know, in, in your mind here, engage in this where maybe there's not as much honesty, or as you said, everything's laid out and they know exactly what needs to be said. I mean, from an employer's point of view, why is that beneficial, or do you not even understand that side of it?
1: I mean, the reason it's like that is because for a job seeker, they have to say, and do all the right things so they can get hired. From an employer's perspective, the hiring manager has to say all the right things so they can keep their job. Mm. You know, if you you consider that 80% of employees are disengaged, which has been a pretty, that statistic has been pretty stable for many years now, you can pretty much believe that many of the people you'll meet are not exactly happy with their jobs. But it's not like as a hiring manager, you could sit there and say, well, this company is all right. You know, it's just, I mean, I don't get paid enough and my manager just comes down to me and we can't say any of these things. So. You have to say what you're supposed to say. And and because of all these expectations, it's just physically not possible, to be honest.
0: How would you say then all of this affects the job seeker or employees? And maybe it's in the long term versus, you know, of course, people get the job and maybe they're happy with that. But in the long term, uh, what are some of these effects that, again, could be impacting really anyone across the board, as you've talked about?
1: Well, as a job seeker, if you learn all the right things to say and do and you do that and you do it well... You can get hired, and most you know, career coaches or career advice teaches you those things. You know, Here's the right answer. Say this in this way and say you're happy about these things that happen, you know, all the different things that you need to put forward, but what happens is once you do that and then you get hired, you start this job. Maybe in the interview, you said you work all sorts of long, crazy hours. You're very dedicated, but then you come into work and you're working 759 to 501. And you're doing that for, you know, a good month or two. And maybe you said you're really outgoing, but you're actually really quiet. And maybe you said you'll help out in any area that needs help, but yet you don't. So hmm. now there's a disconnect sure. between you and your manager. The manager's thinking, where's the person from the interview? <laughs> and, and oftentimes the job seeker is thinking, well, this manager said this company was really good at, you know, doing all sorts of social activities or buying lunch for employees or doing all sorts of things that value their employees, and the company's not doing that either. So the disconnect goes both ways.
0: Interesting. Well, again, I appreciate your insight with this. And of course, having that perspective from first on the, the HR side, and now what you've been trying to do with helping out individuals, I think it does balance it quite a bit with what you're talking about. And of course, we're touching on this idea of being able to be yourself, really, and, and might come down to, it, especially in that interview, when you're finally selling yourself to that individual. Can that happen? Can you really be yourself? Do you feel that that at this point in the culture that you're talking about, it's impossible to really be yourself if you want that job?
1: Well, you can it, there's you know, like I said, eighty percent of employees are disengaged. It kind of goes along with the same statistic that eighty percent of employees are not in you know what they consider a players. So there's twenty percent of the top performers mm-hmm. in any given company. So if you're one of them, then you could probably go in and be yourself and, you know, get hired and start work and get promoted and all that good stuff. But for the rest of us, it doesn't work that way. And while I would never condone that or say, you need to lie in your job interview, the truth is you actually have to if you want to get hired. If you're not a person that fits into these correct answers that you need to be saying, then you're going to have to say them anyway. And I hate to, you know, sometimes people misunderstand and think that's what I'm promoting I'm not promoting that. I'm actually trying to help people rise above that. But the truth is, that's how it is right now.
0: Mm -hmm. For the people that are looking for that job, I mean, do you feel that for the most part, maybe individuals that come to you, they have an understanding like, look, this is what I have to do to get the job. And that's and that sort of precipitates the continuation of this cycle. I mean, you obviously talk about the employer side. They have certain things they want to see. And then as a job seeker, to your point, they want that job. Do you see that as being just a common occurrence for people that you're working with?
1: Well, the people that uh, that come to me typically have been looking for a while or okay. interviewing for a while and not getting hired. So a lot of them either they just didn't think they needed to learn anything about job interviews or figure, you know, you know I'll just go in and be myself, which seems to be the case for, for many people, not all. But when they do that and then they give these honest answers to me, you know, myself included, in terms of all the career coaches out there, would tell you not to say certain things that you would say anyway, right. So when you're doing going through that process of telling people, you know you can't say this, you know here's here's what you should say. instead, that's where everything sort of breaks down, but there isn't really a way around that unless you help them become that person. So I kind of tell people, you know if this is what you're this is what you have to say, then this is really the person you have to be. Hmm. And so I kind of help people close that gap between, You know, if if you're going to have to say these things, you're going to have to be that person at work.
0: So in terms of strategies or tips, you know, maybe an individual comes in and they are more introverted, but they really want this job where that extroversion and that collaboration is really important. What would be, and I know we're putting in a very small vacuum and and you can talk a little bit about how it is a long-term commitment to this philosophy, really, but what would you tell that individual who really wants that job and... I mean, do they try to ignore that that aspect? Do they? I mean, you don't want them to lie once again because they don't want to get in a position that that doesn't fit for them. I mean, what would be sort of that general strategy for anything where maybe a, a position doesn't quite fit, but they really want it for some reason?
1: Well, the position doesn't fit. It truly, doesn't fit. Like, if you really need to be like an outgoing salesperson and you're very very quiet, then I would tell the person that's not the job for you. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other things. Like when I'll ask someone a question and such as, give me an example of a time that you offered up all these great suggestions to your supervisor and what happened with that. Well, I've come across a lot of people who have never done that. Mm. Like, well, I just kind of do my job. You know, I don't really say, I don't give ideas or the company doesn't, look, doesn't ask for them or whatever the case is, they don't do it. So if that job is like, you know, they're looking for someone who's innovative, then that's why that question is asked. Right. You, know, you need to say that you're innovative, give examples and mounds of evidence of how you innovate. In those cases when people just don't have examples, you know, we search through their background, go back as far as you can, or even in extracurricular activities, I tend to at that point just give them an idea, this is what type of answer employers are seeking. You know, you just say something like this You right. kind of leave them with that instead of saying just make something up. But chances are they probably will, because that's you know, been my experience, even my own personal experience, because I lived that life myself. Mm -hmm. But the whole purpose of what I do is just try to help them, you know, become that person in terms of uh, unraveling. Why is it that you don't give up good ideas or why are you afraid to offer them or what is it about, you know, just looking into yourself and questioning your own thoughts so that when you get into a work situation or get a new job, you are doing those things and you're comfortable doing those things.
0: The question that popped in my mind was, you know, you spent all these years in HR and being on that side of the table, so to speak, why the change exactly? Why did you feel it's important to help? It really is, I put it, stand up for the job seekers because you're talking about being able to be yourself and breaking down this culture. Why that shift for yourself? Why did you feel it was important?
1: Well, when I was in HR, I was sort of oblivious to the whole thing. You know, it's like, I know what we're looking for and you come in and you don't say those things, you're gone. But like I said, when I was a career coach, it was different. And it sort of unraveled my own life and why I was not happy at work and why I left corporate America. And through this whole process of discovery, I realized I was one of those people. <laughs> I was one of the people who was faking it to make it at work. And I was a director, the director of HR, and I'm saying all the right things and doing you know, what I'm supposed to do despite the fact that I think differently or I feel differently about what it is that I'm saying and doing. And, and that's just completely opened up a whole... New world for me, and I just want to get that message out there that this, this is the life you know that I live. It's not a good life. The more you practice the saying and doing the right things, just so you can get ahead, whether you're aware of it or not, is chipping away your self-esteem all the time. Just aware, you know what it is that you're thinking is not good enough to say or do. So it, it really, it just opened up the, the whole problem for most people because you know being in HR. I've talked to so many different employees who have those same issues. You know, and we're always like coaching them, like, we well, can't say that or don't do that or we'll tell him this. It's like you can't be yourself. So the problem comes down to people don't feel accepted at work and spend their days just trying to measure up.
0: So, is that where the, the terms that you brought up, uh, like inadequacy, incompetence, insecurity, that I mean, that's where it that all sort of derives from then?
1: Right. I mean, people may not be consciously thinking it. I wasn't right. consciously thinking it. There were a lot of different times at work where I would go into a meeting and I would say something, you know, and I knew that I was saying it because it was what I was supposed to say. And I didn't like how it made me feel. And and I wasn't ever thinking at the time, they're not accepting me as I am. It just made me feel bad. I wasn't consciously aware of what this whole process was doing, all the different times that I had to say and do all these things that just weren't true for me. So it just made it in that process, you know, years go on and you keep doing that. You get to a point in your life where you're feeling pretty insecure and inadequate, comparing yourself to others, doing what they're doing. You know, these are the people that you look at the people at the top 20% and you try to copy them. I mean, that's just not a life. It just leads to a very miserable existence and it doesn't get better.
0: Similar to that point And in that vein, you say, you know, you'll have people come in and, um, you know, looking for your guidance, of course, and maybe they have been looking for a while. And I would wonder if someone is in a truly desperate situation where they really need a job, you know, they have a family, they've been unemployed for six, nine months, what would be your advice to them? I mean, at that point, isn't it just important to get a job, even if it's a bad fit, and then be looking elsewhere? Or What would be your suggestion based on your experience?
1: Well, no one would... Ever say this, but the truth is that person would have to go in and lie. And I like—I feel like I always have to, you know, make it clear that that is not what I recommend, and it's not the best thing to do. But if you have—I mean—you have to get money. You have to pay your bills. You have to feed your family. You cannot go into a job interview and say I'm very disorganized, i procrastinate all the time. Do you and you know, if you're asked the question, do you ever gossip or complain with your coworkers? Can you say? Well, yeah, I've done that. I kind of, you know, get into these little sessions with my coworkers and we talk about policies and procedures and we we bash. (laughs) I mean, you can never say those things. So it's like, what is it that you're going to tell them? It's like, okay, well, just go ahead and just tell them that you gossip and go ahead and tell them that you procrastinate. You can't tell them to say those things. So I try to, you know, work with these people and, and I tell them, you know, once again, I give them answers that these are the type of answers they're looking for. And then I work with them in terms of unraveling how they think, what they, you know, all the things that lead to their actions and helping them close that gap in the long term so that when they get the job, they are they don't immediately become disengaged, disconnected, and end up miserable
0: there. For the individuals that are, you know, heeding some of this advice and maybe trying to incorporate that philosophical change, is it going to work if on the employer side, things are sort of remain as they have been?
1: Yes, it actually can work. The the solution that I found that I discovered just through my own journey of figuring out what my own issues were at work, I realized that you can rise above that and be one of those 20% and not have to do that. It's not, most people think they have this career and then they have this life and then they're separate. But most people, if they're faking it at work and feel inadequate or insecure, they're going to if they really look closely at other areas of their life, those same problems show up there too. Hmm. So I help people try to overcome all these types of things, which really fixes everything in their life by unraveling their belief system, learning how to question their own thoughts, not jumping at every thought that pops in their head and reacting to it. Just giving them a whole way to think differently about all the different things that are coming at them in any given day. Like if a, if you're just a work example, if your boss comes in and says, where is that assignment? It was due this morning. Many people feel shame. You know, they, they immediately scramble for excuses or they feel like they're in trouble. And, and the healthy response to that is to not take that personally. And if you didn't do it, she will say, oh, my gosh, you know, I forgot. I'm really sorry. But most people can't do that. They'll scramble to cover that up in some way or blame it on someone else and look for all these different ways to take it off themselves. Those are the things that needs to be looked at. So you don't have to live like that anymore. Once you get to a point where you take all the different things that cause you to do that are caused by fear. So if you take all those fears away, then you can be who you authentically are, not covered up by all the fear that makes you act in these other ways. And then you will rise to the top and be one of those top 20%.
0: Well, Jessica, it is very, uh, an interesting philosophy, as I said, and, and a I mean, of course, it's going to be a challenge for a lot of individuals out there, as you've talked about, just because of the culture that's involved. And as you talk about, it, it's a, it's more of a long-term process as opposed to going into the next job interview you have and, and being yourself, as you mentioned. And looking to wrap up this conversation, and I I know we could probably go on and on and, and get into different uh, scenarios, but what would be your final piece of advice for the job seekers out there in terms of trying to rise above it? and be themselves, even if it's on a smaller scale, or, or anything else you'd want to have as a takeaway from our conversation?
1: Well, my biggest piece of advice is that faking it doesn't work. It may get you hired, it may get you promoted, but it it will make you miserable. And it, the longer it goes on, the more miserable that you will get. And I want people to understand that they aren't alone. If you, if you feel like, you know, everybody has the takes, I don't. Everybody gets jobs, I don't. You know, everybody feels that way. Most people feel that way. I would say everybody. But it is critical to understand that being one of the A players, the top 20% is the place that you need to be if you really want to have a happy and fulfilling career. And if you have to say things that aren't true of you, if you have to do things that you don't really want to do, that's your clue that something's not right and needs attention. And while you can get hired by faking it, if you really want to be happy and have a fulfilling life, This isn't the way to do it. So just understanding that personal development is key and that working at yourself will fix so many other areas in your life as well. And just changing how you think by learning how to question your thoughts is the best thing that you could ever do for yourself.
0: Well, that definitely sounds like a nice wrap up of uh, what our discussion was today. So we will look to close out this latest edition of Job Search Guide here on LJN Radio. We have been speaking with Jessica Simcoe, founder of Conscious Career Intelligence, as well as the author of the book, Why Can't I Be Me? Understanding and Rising Above the Fake It-To-Make-It-Work Culture. Again, you can find that already on the Kindle and coming out in April 2014. You'll find it places like Amazon as well as a paperback version.
1: Well, it's on Amazon.com right now in the Kindle version.
0: Okay, gotcha. You can
1: pre-order You can pre-order the hard copy on Amazon.com right now, but they won't be sent out until April 8th.
0: Okay, there you go. There are your details. Jessica, thanks again for coming on, sharing your perspective with us. Again, I think it's a fascinating idea, and I'll definitely keep an eye on uh, any of these cultural shifts that might be happening. So thanks for coming on.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: And of course, we always want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. If you have any ideas for shows, just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Again, for any comments or suggestions, really for any of our podcasts on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.